we know it was not ascribed to her the beauty that Rachel had. And he was madly in love with Rachel. So for seven years, in his mind, it felt like a day. That's how much, that's how deep in love he was with Rachel. For seven years, this man worked for Rachel. Now, during that seven years, Laban is being blessed by the mere presence of Jacob being there. So on the wedding night, unlike our weddings, there was no walking down the aisle and the veil and all that. No, it's you come to the bedroom. And so there was dark. They had been doing a little celebrating. Laban had put Leah in the bedroom with Jacob. Wake up the next morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You not Rachel? He gets up. He's angry. On and on. He said, look, it's a custom of our country. We can't give the first daughter, I mean, give the second daughter instead of the first. You had to marry Leah. I tell you what. Work another seven years for Rachel. Because understand, once again, he what? He loves Rachel. And this is what he said. You work another seven years for Rachel, and this is what I'll do. Stay with Leah this week, and after the week, you can have Rachel. But you're going to still work the seven. So he worked 14 years. His ambition was not to have more than one wife. His ambition was just to have Rachel. That's all he wanted. In the end, he got two wives and what? Two handmaids. And all these wives bore him sons. And with, even in that, he had some mess going on between Leah and Rachel and all the sons and going forth. But then when it was time when he said, I'm ready to leave, he says, how are you going to leave? You know what? Before you leave, because you don't have anything, why don't you work for me another six years? He worked for another six years, and he said, you know what? Well, if you work for me, you can have the worst of my flock. And what God did, because this is what Laban knew, you know what? As this man stands here, I keep getting blessed. Now, I want you to understand, Laban was doing some tricking, but we got to have an understanding when there are people blessing us in our life, don't let them go. Laban was not trying to let them go. It came to a point at the end of 20 years, Jacob had said, look, wise, I know you don't want to be against your daddy, but I got to go. I want y'all to come with me. We got to go. They snuck out. Snug out to the point where Laban did not know for a couple of days. He caught up with him. And Rachel, and understand, all this trickery. They, they trick one another. Rebecca was tricking her, her husband Isaac. And everybody tricking one another. So Rachel then steals the household gods. The only reason why that's even important is because it gives property rights to Jacob to come back and say, this is mine that Laban owes me. That's the only reason why the household goods for that custom is important. And so she hid the household goods because Laban was trying to find something to bring them all back. And Jacob did not know that Rachel stole these household gods. And so when he told Laban, he said, look, you think it's here? Whoever has it, you can kill him. So Rachel didn't lie to her father. Rachel said, you know what, daddy? She's sitting on the household gods. You know what, daddy? I'm, I'm having my time. And I'm not feeling well, daddy. Oh, wait, baby. I'll let you go then. More trickery. At the end, Laban said, you know what? Because God has spoken to him, do not do anything violent to my servant Jacob. I'm going to leave you alone. Because the truth is, Laban had been blessed for 20 years because of the mere presence of Jacob, which meant that God was present there. So now Jacob has come, he's coming home. Now remember, 20 years ago, he had ran out to camp. 
because he had stole the blessing Esau was supposed to have. And Esau was saying, I was going to kill you. Where you saying, not while our daddy live, but the day our daddy die, you're going to die that same day. We're going to have two funerals. Don't worry about it. And so it was his mother, Rebecca, that told him, you need to get on to your, your uncle's house. It's only going to be a little while in Rebecca's mind. It's just going to be a little while that you can come back. A little while turned into 20 years. He's finally come back, and he is afraid because Esau meant to kill him. So he's coming to a point where he is afraid. He, to his back is Laban. He does not want to go there. To his front is Esau, and he is fearful. He has all his cattle and whatnot from being blessed, and he's sending servants to Esau to say, won't you take all this? As a, as, and forgive me. Esau has 400 men armed. Armed. And I always have liked Esau. Because I think Esau was the dude you want to hang out with. Jacob was not that dude you want to hang out with. He's going to tell it all. Esau, we're going to do some things. Now, Esau not good for your spiritual life, but he's going to do some things. So, Esau is coming to now meet him. Because the servant said, he don't, he's coming. He got 400 men. Jacob gets so worried, he splits his camp into two. Y'all go with Leah, and y'all go with Rachel. My Rachel group, I'm hoping, going to survive. Because in his mind, he's saying, he's going to come and massacre all of us. So if I split it into two, at least one of my groups can get away. Now, the one I love, understand, I'm sure she had the better of the lot. And so now he also has sent them across the river. And he's come to a point where now he is all alone. And he is worried. He is worried. And so God, in this, this time period, Jacob said, I see uh, God's army in front of me. I see the angels in front of me. But many of us, like Jacob, we see what's in front of us. We see what God has already done, but we don't have confidence in what he still is going to do. And so, Jacob has had all this experience. He sees the, the God's army in front of him. He sees that 20 years I was at Bethel and God told me he's going to give me all these promises. And the reason why I really left, because he told me to leave. He told me to get up and go. Come on back home, he told me. But now I'm at a place of fear. I don't know about moving forward, Lord. I am fearful because there are 400 men ready with my, my, my brother, my twin brother, who are ready in my mind to kill me. I don't know about moving forward. And so Jacob's response, as I said, he splits up the uh, company. He's now alone. Sorry for that red. When we are in a times of trouble, we seem to try to isolate ourselves. We seem to move inward instead of going upward. When we get in times of trouble, we seem like, I don't want to call anybody. I just handle it myself. Jacob has tried to handle it himself all his life. And see, what Jacob's about to face is himself. We have always have been this problem, right? We are trying to handle our situation ourselves. God promised Jacob, you're going to get the blessing. But Rebecca said, you know what? We need to handle it ourselves. Go back to Isaac and his situation. His mother was promised, you will have a son. 
Abraham, let's handle it ourselves. And what happened? Now you, all this mess you see today was fun out of handling yourself. You want to know why Israel has all these problems? In part because of Sarah and the Rebecca trying to handle it themselves. And those husbands not doing anything like, okay, baby, okay. And not trusting in God. Meantime, we are trying to handle it ourselves and we are going inward instead of upward to God. We're trying to isolate ourselves from the Bible and from God and say we should be walking in the Word. And so this is where Jacob is. He's isolated himself. He's isolated himself. He's isolated himself. Jacob has seen all these things that God has done for him, but he's at this point, he's expecting the worst. Have we been there? The truth is, we don't like to be around people who we say, they're negative. We don't like to be around those people. They're, they're so negative. I mean, everything that we say, they're going to say it doesn't work. So we don't like to be around those people. But in ourselves, we are negative. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I just don't think I'm going to get that pay raise. I don't think I'm going to get the job. So I'm not even going to apply. I, I don't think that I can, this marriage is going to work out. So, you know what? We'll just get a divorce. We give up. We are in a state of fear. So, as it says, when faith is crowded out by fear, we usually start scheming and trusting our own resources. When fear is being crowded, is crowding out that faith, don't we try to work it ourselves? We try to cut deals. We try to do what we want to do and how we want to do it. The truth is, sometimes God is calling us to go on the rough side of the mountain. And the rough side is a side that you can cling on to some things. Because on the smooth side, if you slip, you're you're going out. So sometimes that rough side that we have to go through as a Christian is all right. All the time. God is not going to put us through anything for nothing. God is letting us experience this situation for us to grow more in his word. That's why he's allowing us to go through these things. So he's allowing him to like, you're going to see Esau. You're going to see Esau. You're going to face what you've been running from. And remember, he's been running from Esau basically for 20 years. 20 years he's been running away from Esau. Has anybody in this place today been running from something a long time? You've been running from something a long time. And now God is saying, are you ready? You ready to face it? You're so fearful of facing it. Jacob will say, I'll stay right here. We'll just stay by the brook. And so some of us have become stagnant in our relationship and our fellowship with God. And we're at this point where God said, I wanted you right here. But you way down here. And you know, at a certain point in time, you're going to eat up all the resources by the brook and you're going to keep going down. God is wanting us to rise up instead of keep falling down. And so here, we have, you, you, you have Jacob so much in fear. But God is asking us, he's saying, we have to walk by faith and not by might. We have to walk when you don't know what it is. You don't know how it's going to look. You don't know the outcome is going to be. But I need you to walk by faith because I am God and I've got the best interest at you for, at heart. The truth is you might lose the so-called battle. 
But in the end, you will have the victory. You got to believe that. You got to believe that Romans 8.28. And you got to believe even Psalms 112.7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. But you got to understand that Jacob was afraid. Not just afraid for his own life, but all that he loved was going to be slaughtered by this man. Because he knew how bad he had done him. He had put on fur just to trick his father. Yeah. And understand, the father's still alive. Mama's gone. There is no Rebecca right here. All the scheming and all this, he tricked his father, he tricked Esau, he did all of these things. He had been tricked, he had been living this life for 20 years, and you, you had to imagine every day he had to think about this. Think about that Esau, and think about coming home. That he wanted to go home but could not because he knew there was a death penalty on his head. And so now he's at a point, he's saying, I just don't know. He did not remember the angels that God had. He didn't remember the, the ladder going to heaven. He didn't remember all the 20 years that God... No! Esau is real, Lord. You don't understand. And that's what he's saying. This is what he's saying. You're going to wrestle with it. You're acting like you don't want to go further. You're about to wrestle. Because God is always there. God has shown up and he's going to wrestle. God is keeping Jacob engaged with him rather than allowing Jacob to wander around. God has engaged us. The convictions in your heart to leave certain things alone, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. He is wrestling with you right now. It's some things and some people in our lives that, that will try to bring us down to our very, very core worst nature. But God said, I'm going to wrestle with you. I will wrestle with you. And so Jacob wrestled with this man. Now I want, I want you to understand. Jacob cleaned. He wrestled and wrestled. And so he got to this point, and I don't, let me back up a little bit. Because Jacob did pray. But Jacob's prayer was not a prayer of confidence. How many of us have prayed and talked to God, but we have no confidence in the prayer? We, we talk in the God, but we have no confidence in what we just said to him. Lord, I want you to bring us 100 members, but I have no confidence that 100 members are going to come. Th think about that. Think about if you went to your job or, or, or somebody owed you a, $100 and they said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you $100. But you don't have confidence and they don't have confidence they're going to give you $100. How would that make you feel? Man, I don't know that dude's going to give me that $100. And think you only got a dollar in the bank account. I need that $100. Well, God doesn't, God's not at a dollar and he does not need my $100. But what he does want is confidence in him. And so Jacob is praying all this, but he does not have confidence. My red is not coming out like I want to and work on that. It says, yet he prayed all that, but his faith was very weak. It, it said that, yes, he had a profound knowledge of God, but he was praying out of desperation instead of confidence. Sometimes we are praying because we're at our last dollar. But we don't, we're not praying for confidence that God would give us a hundred, we're praying our desperation, God to do something. We're not walking in confidence, we're walking in desperation. You're the last person I can call on, Lord. Can you just help me out? 
when he should have been the first person we should have called on. And so we get to the point where God is saying our faith has to be action. There are our actions in living for the Lord. We have to examine who we are. Because see, this is where Jacob's, Jacob's getting this real cold shoulder, this real cold look at himself. Who am I really? I'm all alone. Yes, it says in James, without works, faith is dead, basically saying, are you living this faith? Or are you just saying, I'm a Christian? But are you walking this faith? It's not an easy walk. But are you walking? Or you keep trusting on your own schemes? Some of us got some relationships that God is telling us, it's all right to let it go. But we're trying to work it out ourselves. God says, all right. That's not the one. But Lord, I, I know. I know. I've been with you the whole time. I know. But I'm telling you, let us move forward. And we're afraid. Some of us, it's some jobs that we should have applied for that God saying it's still open and we won't apply for it. I, I, I don't know if I'm worthy enough, Lord. Yeah, yeah. It ain't about you being worthy enough. It's about me placing you in position for the opportunity. Don't worry about your worthiness. I made you worthy. Yeah. But we always want to place ourselves in, well, can I work this out? Can, it, can I work? God saying, really, you really can't. When you have tried to work it out, what has happened? This is what Jacob's going back on. I, I tried to work this out with Esau. But my mama was the one who told me to get out of town. I don't know about going back, Lord. Jacob was not depending on his faith. But the truth is, Jacob's real problem wasn't Esau. Our real problem is not the job or the relationships or all the other things that are going on. Our real problem is us. We want to blame the devil made me do it. We want to blame everyone else. But it's us. We have to look in that mirror. And, that's, I'm, and I'm not telling you that's easy. But we have to look in this mirror and say, you know what, it's me. I can't blame McDonald's. <laughs> thank, thank you, uh, Deacon. Well, you know, we always, and, and, and look. If I put on a turning hat, this is how I turn to really make money. Oh, you slipped and fell? Well, let's go sell them. Then shouldn't pay, they'll pay anyway. But you slipped and fell because you didn't want to look at the sign and you were rushing. A lot of times, it's us that are at fault. Even we say, well, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. I'm just a victim of it. I was born in iniquity. You enjoyed the sin, though, didn't you? Come on now. None of us can say, well, I, I've, been, I've been walking uh, just so holy. I just don't even know about sin myself. I just know I have sinned with me, but I have not sinned myself. Well, you just sinned because you lied. So you have enjoyed the sin too. So look back at yourself. But you know, for Jacob, God was always there. God was there when he was tricking and scheming. God was there when he was getting tricked and schemed. And listen, this is the thing. If he had had his way, he would just have Rachel. Okay. That's not how it worked out. God 
told Abraham, you're going to have so many nations that it'll be like sand. It'll be like the stars. Well, you know, Jacob, out of all this mess, had 12 sons and a daughter. That's a lot of children. Not like my dad who had 17 brothers and sisters. Not a lot of kids. And one mama. But they had four mamas in Jacob's family. And it was 12 of them. 12. And from that, there were going to be more nations. So God still worked with Jacob in his situation, right? Some of us have felt like we have fallen so far off that God cannot work with me anymore. God is working with us in our situation. God didn't say, you, want, you need to be holy before you come to me. You need to be perfect before you come to me. No, he said, my son will take care of that. I'm working with you in your situation. Some of our situations is, mama and daddy didn't love me right. Oh, mama and daddy love me too much. And I ain't strong to even walk out this door. If we're going to be real honest. And so we, so God works with us in our situation. So let's get to the principles of breakthrough. The first principle of getting a breakthrough is we need to get along with God. We need to get along with God. Jacob moved his family across the river where he hoped it would be safe. Then Jacob was alone. God often is going to deal with us in that quiet time when we don't have anyone else to call on, when we, sometimes when we're in the car, when you bust out crying, that's God dealing with you. When you're at the home by yourself, and you, so, so some reason you're just bust out, and you're just feeling it, that's God dealing with you. And so many times God deals with us when we are alone. Why? Because there's no distractions. If I got the TV on, if I got all this stuff going on, I got distractions. But when I'm alone, I have no distraction. I have to focus on God dealing with me. So here Jacob is alone and God is dealing with him. There is no distractions. Jacob looked back at his life and like, all of my life I've been really fighting against the will of the Lord. Or fighting against walking in his will. So it says, when, when he saw that he had not prevailed, talk against Jacob. Talking about the angel of the Lord, which is a, what we call a Christophany, a pre-incarnated Christ. He touched the socket of his thigh, so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled him. Then he said, let me go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now understand, Jacob's been fighting, he's been wrestling, he's been on it. Man, this dude will not give up. That's one thing you got to say about Jacob. Jacob is not going to give up. He's going to still strive. We went through those fruits of the Spirit. Remember that was that patience, that endurance? So Jacob's been, he been wrestling all night. He's been wrestling all night. And he comes to a point where he's like, let me touch that, let me touch Jacob's hip. And he touched the hip, and if, if your hip is out of place, you know how much hard it is to just fight somebody? You've been like this, like, okay, but if your hip is out, now what's happening? What's happening? They hit you real, you're going to hit the ground. So Jacob's at that point, I'm just holding on. That's why he says, just let me go. No, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. We have to, uh, the next principle, we have to get real with God. More than anything else, Jacob was not going to leave that place the same way. 
I want you to bless me. I know my hip is out of place. I know now I can't even walk right, but I'm not going to let you go. We got to get some time in our prayer life. We can't let it go. You may have been facing everything in your life. Your bank account may be looking funny. Maybe you can't call anybody. Maybe when the cell phone somebody try to call you, it's just, they're not accepting calls right now. I.e., I have not paid the bill. Maybe you at that kind of point, and you got to get to a point, I'm not going to let go of you, Lord. But the truth is, God wants us to never let go of him. He always wants us to hold on to him. And so, he wanted to be changed. We got to get realistic with ourselves. Where are you in Christ? Are you where you should be? Or are you afar off? Where are you in Christ? Do you have quiet time? Do, are you in your word? Are you praying to the Lord? Or are you just praying out of desperation? Or do you pray in confidence? Do you have a regular communication with God? Or is your communication like a long lost friend? Oh, hey, how you doing? Let's catch up. God knows your business, but do are you in God's business? God is in your business. Ever present, never will forsake you, never will leave you. But are you in God's business? Is your mind set on the Lord and what he's trying to do in your life? And so, when we get real, the angel of the Lord, this Christophany, this pre-incarnated Christ, ask him, oh, I'm sorry, yes, what is your name? The last time Jacob was asked, who are you or what's your name? His father asked him that. His answer was Esau. But you got the voice of Jacob. No, I got this animal from me. I'm in Esau, Dad. And here, take the venison. Come on, bless me. Let's hurry it up. That's the last time in the word. Who are you? What's your name? Now here he's asked, who are you? Who are you? Who are you in the Lord? What, what would be your name? Jacob was a trickster, a schemer. Would your name be angry? Would your name be, uh, uh, I'm in the street all day, every day? Is your name lazy? What, what, what's your name? Is your name, I have no faith in God? I have no confidence? What's your name? What is your name? What is my name? Is it, we, I talk big stuff, but I ain't going to do nothing? What's my name? What is your name? Let, I mean, you, this is the dig deep part. This is the stuff that, you know what, well, I don't know about this. But if we don't get to this point, you're not going to see the full potential of what you can be for the kingdom of the Lord. So what is your name? Because when we get honest with ourselves, because those who have accepted Christ, you got honest with yourself at one point. I need the Lord. I am unsaved. I, I, I'm on the, on the highway to hell, and I need Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can save me from this pit of hell. So that was the first honest thing we said to ourselves. But we can become a Christian and still be lying to ourselves. So I accepted Christ, but I'm still, you know, so don't let certain people do certain things, and it, it, it can pop off either way. Maybe not angry, but a certain friend called from college. 
Oh, man, I can go out. You go out, you can't come to uh, church on Sunday because your head hurts so much. Or just the flip side. You just don't have it. You're so depressed and so broken down by life. You've gotten so tired of the promises people have made to you and they've broken it every time. And they show up when they want to show up for their own sake. But they don't care about you and you hurt inside so deep. And so my name is, I just want to give up. So we ask you, what's your name? The principle, three, you want to see a breakthrough? You want to see a breakthrough that God can give you? Let me tell you. Then it's getting changed by God and not trying to do it myself. It's having the Lord say, I will give you a new name. I will give you a path. I will give you your destiny. I will show you. Now go back to your Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. If you acknowledge the Lord in everything that you do, and you don't lean upon your own understandings, God has said, this is what I promise. I will direct your path. I promise it. Sometimes those paths are going to be on those curves of mountains where it looks like if I take it too fast, I'm going off the mountain. You got to acknowledge God that God's got you on the curve of life and he's not going to let you tip over the mountain. You got to have that faith. And sometimes you're going to tip over the mountain, but God still has you. Sometimes you're going to get a diagnosis from the doctor that does not sound, well, I don't know, that's of the Lord. No, sometimes you're going to get your diagnosis that it may be cancer. But understand, I got a heaven that's waiting for me. I got something more and more better than just Dallas, Texas and downtown. I got a heaven with no sorrow, no tears. I got a heaven on this other side. So what I'm trying to tell you, sometimes them curves, yes, God's going to save me from the curve of the mountain instead of tipping off. But sometimes you will tip off, but God is still there saying, I still got you. I still got you. And so we have to get that real. We got to say, I want to be changed. Now this is what happened to Jacob. I was a trickster. And he said, you know what? Your name going to be Israel. Still last to today, right? Your name going to be Israel, which means to struggle. One who wrestles with God, one who strives. You have power because you're walking through God. You have power because you have been operating through God's will. You now have true power. You don't have a scheme anymore, Jacob. Your power source. Now you're in tune. Stop plugging up to bootleg outlets and get a real outlet that's God himself. And so, Jacob, it's a new day. He named the place. He said, I thought I saw God's face and I thought I would see death. Some of us think we get real with God, the fun will end. If I get real with God, the life that I love will end. God said, no, I have something better, 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 better than what you are seeing today. You may say, well, I don't know about it. God is saying, I can give you this brand new day. Some of us who are Christians, you need this brand new day. You've been operating half till. You've been operating on a quarter or you've been operating on E. You're not even operating on a quarter of a tank. You're operating on the E of your life. And God is saying, I want to fill your tank up. 
with my Holy Spirit. I want to fill your tank up with my word. I want to fill my, your tank up with my love. I'm giving you my love, but you don't even want to put that gas of who I am into your car. Yeah. And so, Jacob saw a new day. And he said, you know what? My name is not Jacob, but it's Israel. And he had a new name, but he had a new walk. Now, some of us, we might have said, well, he walking like this now. But you know what? From that walk, he always remembered, the Lord touched this. The Lord touched my walk. Now, I might be walking always like this. My son's like, Daddy, you can't even run anymore. It's all right, because I'm walking with the Lord now. The Lord has touched me. Some of us got to go back to, the, to, the, to where the Lord touched you. Do you have a new walk for the young people? Do you have a swagger? You have a confidence in the Lord. Because every time Jacob was limping, that was a confident walk. Someone look at people who limp. Now, I don't know. They, they might not make it. I think they crippled. He said, I'm stronger than you. Because in my weakness, I became strong. In my weakness, I found the Lord. In my fear, I found the favor of God. Yes. So I'm going to limp. And yes, I got a new name, and I got a new walk, but it's all right. And so I got a new name, I got a new walk, I got a new relationship. So what happened? What happened after this? He goes to see Esau. Esau comes to him. Jacob still, he limping. I ain't seen this man for 20 years. And so Jacob now got a limp to him. How you doing, brother? Why you limping? Well, I'm going to kiss him. Jason, Esau kissed him, fell on his neck, loved him, saw his family, kissed the family. None of the things and the fears that he had were, came to reality. Esau was so, do you want to stay with me? Do you want to do this? Jacob said, well, won't you take this? I don't just want to be with you, brother. All the fears that he had the night, that night, God took it away. So he said, no, we're going to go a different place, brother. He didn't tell the brother why, but the reason why, those nations weren't going to be together. Those already foretold. It was going to be two nations. One nation Esau was going to do and live how they were going to live. But Jacob's nation was a nation that was going to give us our Savior. They had to be separate. So Jacob just walked away. It may not be the last time he saw the brother. It wasn't. But that night changed his life. Would he go through some more struggles? Yes. Would he go through some more scheming? Yes. His, his sons are going to lie to him by his, his son dying. But you know what? All that scheming, all that lying, God's saying, he told Joseph, you meant it for evil, but God was going to turn it into good. Understand, my daddy, he limped all the way that night. He limped into Egypt and saw me and said, eh, it may, you may have thought the limp was because I was old, because it's God been blessing me. Is anybody ready to limp out their seats and say, I'm ready to embrace the Lord because he's been blessing me. I'm ready to say, the Lord's been touching my life. I know I've been changed because God has made me a new name. He's made me a new creation. He's made me a new. And if you say, I don't know about that, I'm telling you, God today is urging you for a new day in him. He's ready to put a new name on you. He's ready to put you a new creation on you. He's ready to take that old man away. He's ready to say, I'm ready. But are you ready? You think you got Monday promise? You think you got one o'clock promise? You don't. You got right now, right here. Won't you come and set my son? He died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for you. 
You were sinful, but I didn't forget about you. You were forgotten about, but I didn't forget about you. You were cast down and put aside, but I didn't put you aside. You were in a miry pit, but I put you on a solid rock. You were walking with a limp because I put my hands on you. So won't you come down and say, Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, today I want to know your name. I'm tired of the old stuff, the old understanding that I had. And I want to embrace your love and let you open all the doors in my mind. Today, Lord, I want to be changed. Today, I want a new name. Today. Because you don't have tomorrow promise. God bless.